Mischievous Little Men. Chapter 1. Confronting More Than One Gunman. Thaddeus Littleman knew he was in trouble. The gunman stirred behind the half-dead shrubbery. Between the spider web of twigs, Black Gum Barrel found a break. In fatigues, black gloves, black boots, and a black helmet, the gunman was unknown, his face clouded behind a yellowing plastic shield. As a thump of air disturbed the silence, Thaddeus dove for cover. The shot was wide, splattering a tree in yellow dye. In that second, just over his dapper summer weight blazer from Fenix on New Bond Street, London, Thaddeus heard the air tear apart, just like his heart. Pine needles covered Thaddeus. Did the 12-year-old immigrant, Thaddeus Littleman, know how allergic he was to pine needles? No. Not until later when his skin itched and the sneezing commenced. Or was it just a reaction to America? Would his seersucker jacket ever be the same? Would the rest of his trunks luggage arrived safely. That's Billy, your cousin, the father said, slamming the door of the rental, a red Kia Sorento. On good days, he's mostly harmless. What type of day was this? It was too early to tell. Since he missed, he said, probably a bad day, but a lucky day for you, at least for that jacket, you know, the one your mother bought you. Like the father actually had to remind him of the mum's last gift. Thaddeus knew the safety of his blazer had nothing to do with O Fortuna, that fickle femme fatale and her cursed wheel of fortune. It was the opposite of fortune that his Buster Browns no longer treaded on the terra firma of the land of Shakespeare. No ancient feet in ancient times ever crossed this new sandy terrain with the grail on the way to Glastonbury or Tintagel, the mythical homes of King Arthur. No Robin Hood of Sherwood Forest hung out in this desolation, a depository junkyard. No Winnie the Pooh ever left tracks in this seven-acre swamp. No padding to bear would ever de dare declare how great he felt here, swatting mosquitoes. There was no bag end, no elves or Ents, no Red Cross Knight or Green Knight, no Neverland and Peter Pan, no Alice falling down a rabbit hole on the banks of Atzion Lake. Did this place contain any magic, any charm, any whimsy? What would his mum think? She could trace her lineage to Cornwall chieftains around Exeter in the West Country after the Roman invaders departed. Her last name was Traherne modernized as Treherne, a Welsh name meaning most very iron. Her first name was Gwen Lillian, but everyone called her Gwen, except when Thaddeus spoke to her, like face down now in pine needles and sand, Gwen Lillian Treherne recreating her with every utterance of her name, still picking wildflowers from the verdant garden in Golders Green, her golden short hair radiant in the warming late spring sun. What would grow in this damned soil besides la fleur de mal of resentment and anger and fertilize with tears and gunpowder and nostalgia? His mom would ask Thaddeus to choose the vase, arrange the flowers, and then he would scroll on a post-it note to name the bouquet. 
In his luggage, he still had every note, no matter how wrinkled or ripped or faded or water-stained with London rain. When working, she would place each new bouquet on her writing desk. She said it inspired her to find beauty everywhere. Even here, Mommy? The last bouquet he coined, Delights Never Decay, was still hardy on the mahogany side table in their flat, even two weeks later. Her latest story was printed out for a final edit beside the base. When the water became fetid, he harvested the seeds, sealed them in a Ziploc bag, and smuggled them to America. And it tore him apart to sell back that table to that shop on Portobello Road. Why couldn't they have kept that? The father continued to hold out his hand, waiting for Thaddeus to compose himself and his thoughts and to pick off the last of the clinging pitch pine needles. Everything has a name, he thought. His Irish derby seemed to have sprouted a few dozen needles, as if already adapting to its new environment. For a long time, Thaddeus forgot he was right chap up and not upside down chap, or just where he was in the down of the upside because this seemed like the other land or the sandy suburbs of uh, Mordor. You remain any longer down there, the father said, and you could sub as an air freshener. Photos of the cousin, Billy, the gunman, Thaddeus thought, made him look taller. The father said that's because Billy only posed by himself. The cousin, presumably, was very sensitive. American boys had different hobbies, he had been told, and one of the cousin's hobbies was guns, mostly harmless paintball guns and BB guns. This is hunting country down here, son, he said, part of the culture. Just as long as he doesn't harbor any resentment, for the Boston Massacre. Son, I'm sure he wouldn't understand anything you just said. The verb, the noun, or the illusion? The father mumbled D, all the above. The pitch pine forest around the ant's putrid green rancher resembled the colors of sherbet sorbet. The yellow garbage bin was splashed with red. Metal bins were white. White window boxes with humiliated begonias were tinged with purple. This temporary housing of Thaddeus seemed like the Hollywood set of some horrid zombie apocalyptic Netflix series, Piney, Warriors, and Candyland. The ferret-thin cousin still lurked behind a half-dead bush. Was he hoping for an easier shot? He flipped up his goggles. Ah, oh. Being a faceless machine made for an easier nemesis. A square, short, sort of womanly personage soon filled the passage of the door. She turned sideways and jimmied through, like moving a Chippendale dining room table, a bear and claw walnut table through the threshold. It was her, the aunt. There were photos of her, of course, as well as a short tete-a-tetes on the cellular, but a Kubrick horror show is usually viewed safely on a screen in two dimensions. The other cousin, or what he would soon dub Cousin Other, was a teen girl named X. Was this something like the name Prince went by? She was crispy thin with no shoes and with long black hair, parted asymmetrically in the middle as if some drunkard had painted the motorway. She hung on the rusted railing in case some previous storm winds carried her aloft, perhaps to freedom or to Oz. Why did she look rude and gloomy? Arms folded showed a defensive posture. 
Her carriage and deportment also hinted at possible signs of torture or a lack of confidence or a nutritious culture for the mind, body, and spirit. Her lips were black and her hair, was it blue or turquoise? Or was Thaddeus just being hopeful? All three were tall, tall for munchkins. In fact, the father claimed he was 5'8 on a good day, but he never had that type of red letter day. What came first, the littleman name or generations of such littlings? Thaddeus chilled at the thought of remaining diminutive, like John Keats, who was only five feet high. Could Thaddeus change his name back to being Iron Thaddeus Trahern? Or something less sexist, like Little Person? <laughs> There's that son again. Damn, such sexist language. He almost begged the father to reverse the motor car and drive. He didn't care where, just drive. Drive east, drive to New York, board the QE2, and sail home to Britain. Until now, nothing seemed worse than losing a mum at the age of 12. The father's smile, this American man, failed to comfort every fear, every anxiety, and every sadness of his very British son. Thaddeus wanted to hear, Sorry, son, I've made an awful decision. Let's get out of here where you can't breathe. But instead, Thaddeus heard, Let's go meet your new family. If it's not rude, I think I'll stay in the rental. I don't fancy giving the cousin another shot at a jolly holiday. As soon as the aunt engulfed the father in a surplus of flesh, Thaddeus retreated to the privacy of the Sorrento, a defensive position, and remained petrified in his own purgatory with the detritus of his former glory. He thought of his mum in that shady corner on the grassy rise by Hampstead Cemetery. It's where he spent the weekends bringing new daisies, all different types, the daisies from their wedding, and he was the master gardener, self-proclaimed, of the Littleman estate. When the daisies faded, he would bring the high summer flowers, even the echinacea that she disliked, but not as much as the hydrangea, which she deemed an old lady flower. There was a reason for everything she had disliked. She disliked you too because of her university flatmate. How many times can one listen to war? It was like Chinese water torture. Her crotchety old grandfather used to make horrible tasting ermal rebonies with those cone flowers, including tea that tasted like dried death. She also disliked lilies because of her allergies and also for funerals. She also disliked those old lady flowers because she got in trouble for stealing an old lady's bloom from that old lady's front yard when she was young and a budding naturalist. Midas turned things into gold, his mom had told him. But your touch makes things grow and thrive. With his hands on the cold, overturned it earth on her grave, complete with herbal remedies, Thaddeus prayed that such things were indeed true. I wish I could make you grow and thrive, Mum. And maybe daisies will grow here if they don't mow. By her grave, Thaddeus had constructed his own sign. Natural area, please, no mowing, no pesticides. Life will returneth here anon. When would he see his mates again? When would his library be restored? The father promising to buy a Kindle to hold the offspring of every Dickens and Austin available was 
just not the same. The father did not respect the printed word, a book as a passage and a relic, tangible, real, both destructible and indestructible. Why in the hell would the father have married a writer? What sense did that make? Did the father know then of the mum's gift with words and insight into the human drama? It was late summer. For the first time, Thaddeus dreaded school. Would they make fun of his accent, his diction? Did they not wear uniforms? They didn't have forms or A-levels or O-levels. And what about university? Once being groomed for Oxbridge, he now heard Camden County Community College for saving resources. Thaddeus moaned to the thought about an American school, called a public school here, with American students. He once hoped for Eaton or Harrow, but he knew his upper-class pretensions needed to be curbed, especially now among the classless Americans. First class, after all, did not exist in America, only business class. And the business of America, the father said, quoting some dead president, is business, son. And then there was the small matter of leaving the girl behind. The girl with the red locks who spoke to the poetry in his heart. Would he see her again to give up so much? A mother, a language, a country, a school, a culture, a grave, the house of Keats, and the girl. All for a new life in the United States, in a region called South Jersey, in a town called Akko, in an ecosystem named the Pine Barrens. And worst of all, with the father he didn't know well at all. This was not the America Thaddeus Littleman pictured. Cowboys with reflector shades riding sports cars that mirrored super skyscrapers. Instead, he found short heathens like wilder dwarves from Middle Earth, raging in a wilderness of pine 30 miles southeast from the city of brotherly love with a homicide rate or a total of 499 murders and climbing. Would being orphaned at a workhouse in England have been preferable? Books were full of orphans, fairy tales too. He knew all about orphans. He felt he was one parent away from being an orphan, and even with the father, he felt like an orphan. The father's plan was to stay just two weeks, a fortnight, Thaddeus corrected, and with the aunt, while he got settled with his new job with some Philly sports team, and found a new place for the two of them. How could he still connect with the father about football, Tottenham, when such a civilized sport did not really exist here? With the possible exception of baseball, just a bastardized version of cricket, right? Did civilization exist here? It would not take long for Thaddeus to find out it did not. In fact, he would learn well before tea time. <laughs>